If you're good at something, never do it for free. You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. I bought you. <laughs> Welcome back. We are the Podfellas, and thanks once again for listening to our entertainment podcast. I'm Myron, and joining me each week is Will. Hey, everybody. <laughs> I sense a, a, lo- a little bit of fatigue here. I think the quarantine is uh, kind of weighing on you a little bit maybe <laughs> that quarantine restlessness man it's like yeah. <laughs> it literally what we're reviewing is kind of funny just because it's like it day is. 30 something or something I know. <laughs> <laughs> well uh each week we'll provide a film or tv review followed by a deeper dive into a related topic today we'll be reviewing both seasons of the netflix show kingdom and we will also be discussing our top five favorite zombie shows slash movies now, Will, uh, you and I are, are in the thick of it right now. Uh, it's been, uh, what, I think about three or four weeks into uh, the safer at home or stay the F inside, whatever you might call it right now. I, I can't believe uh, I still yeah. like remember literally, dude, March 20th yeah. was, or March 19th was the official yeah. White House address of the lock-in. Mm-hmm. And then March 20th was like the first day yeah. when it began. Yeah, so I wanted to ask you. I, I'm, it's been three weeks or so, and I think it's, it to me it feels like it's been longer. Um, how are you holding up? How are you doing physically, emotionally? What's going on oh, with you man. these days? Uh, as you can tell by the sound of my voice, <laughs> <laughs> you know it's not it's not so bad. I am getting slight moments of restlessness. Um, however, I am keeping creative. By making mental notes, you know, as as we do, like when we have moments of like solitude or moments of just literally having to do nothing, like your mind wanders. Mm-hmm. And and I think for us as creatives, I don't know about you, but um, it's good to let it wander sometimes to have that time. Like, I think, yeah, yeah. And and normally, like, luckily, my mind doesn't go with doesn't wander in in any areas that. Um, not that it doesn't sometimes it does where it can get kind of depressing but at the same time i kind of use that as fuel for like creative uh projects that i can hold on to and shelf later on Mm -hmm. you know whether it be abstract or whether it be a narrative whatever you know like i think that's what keeps the sanity going (laughs) so Mm -hmm. um but i've just been going on longer walks you know i've been going on walks basically and just kind of clearing the mind, staying six feet away from people, you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, funny enough, That's too, good. was like the recollection has been, I've been through this before, actually. Like, I think, I don't know if you have, Myron, like where, where I don't know, for me, when I, when I was just starting my career or my work, there would be like maybe a month or a little over a month of just nothing going on. And so it's kind of like that moment where you're just feeling so helpless or just like, Frick, what do I do? I have nothing to do kind of thing. That's what's kind of coming back now. But like, I know I would have work, but I'm forced to not have work. So it's just kind of that struggle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah I'm, but, I'm not yeah. going to I'm not gonna lie. This quarantine has been kind of really wearing on me. Um, last Sunday, I don't know what was happening in my head, but I was just literally starting to lose it. I had to like excuse myself and be like, I need to spend some time alone. So I went into my, my office, I shut the door, poured myself a glass of whiskey and I just had to like, just be by myself for a bit. Cause like quiet I don't know, though, it, it was quiet. Yeah. Just quiet. I need some quiet time. Yeah. In your mind. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's great. I, I needed that. And, uh, looking back, I was like, dang, what was up with me that day? But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's getting to me. Um, I'm, 
it's it's a mixed bag you know uh, there are days where i feel extremely fortunate to have my family um you know in the house with me to have a job that's still you know going well and that you know i, I can rely on a, on a steady paycheck right now and my wife can do that as well but there are other things that you know are, are really kind of starting to get under my skin um you know, being at home 24 seven with a two year old can, can become <laughs> a little, a uh, little crazy at times, but, uh, we're doing the best we can. And I, I have a feeling that I don't know a year from now, we'll look back on this with fond memories. We'll forget the pain and we'll remember the good parts of it. So yeah. And you uh, can't hoping... really explain it. You no. can't really explain the, what you're feeling, you know, you like can't. how you just had to, you yeah. had a quarantine yourself from, from yeah. the quarantine, you know, exactly. and, and, um, I think the one thing that, I never really want to do is to kind of take it out on someone else when you're in that state of mind. Yeah. And then when you try to figure out why am I in this state of mind, like you just said, I don't know why I was feeling this way, but you were. Yeah. yeah totally. It's yeah, I get it. I totally get it. It sucks. <laughs> yeah. So I've been actually working out. Uh, I kind of built up a home gym. Um, so I've been able to work out every day, which has been great to let out some aggression and frustration. Um, the wife and I ordered a, a Peloton, which unfortunately won't be arriving what? for three or four weeks. Yeah. Wow. So, so I don't know if you heard, but it is literally impossible to buy a piece of exercise equipment anywhere online It is all sold out everywhere, but I was able wow. to get my hands on a, on a couple of pieces of gear. So it's been keeping me pretty sane. Yeah. Peloton's pretty cool. I did. Uh, I remember when we went to uh chicago and we were at that um godforsaken expensive stupid hotel mm. but they had a nice gym and then they had a peloton there that, that's actually pretty cool the way it's all set up and whatnot so mm-hmm. uh i think that you guys uh did a good one you know for sure <laughs> yeah. to keep busy yeah yeah uh, have you been trying anything new or is there anything you've discovered whether it's been something you've been watching or an activity what's been <laughs> happening with you <laughs> rather than going insane no <laughs> um no yeah like i said i've been taking more walks uh and working out as well um I, I i i normally don't ever go on walks and whatnot which i've always i don't know we always tell ourselves yeah i want to do more of this more of that but we never get to it i realize now it's only when it's quarantine or stuff like this where you are forced well not forced but like yeah i'm gonna do it because i can't stay home anymore uh, I wouldn't say that gaming <laughs> is something new. You know, mm. I've just been codding it up. And people who don't know COD, just Call of Duty. Just playing mm. some games and being on Discord with the with the same group of great friends. And for us to just kind of, you know, talk it out or vent and just have fun and just kind of let loose. Um, and, and I'm so fortunate to also say I've been able to hang out with my girlfriend uh, because she's been isolated. And we've hung out with each other uh, even before the shutdown where we haven't gone out gone out and like mingled with other people as well so that was a safety net that we mm-hmm. both made sure to verify on so mm-hmm. like, like sometimes i'll go over her house and she'll make dinner she'll come to my house and um i won't make dinner uh my mom actually would make us dinner kind of thing you know and uh or or we would go and just go grocery shopping just being able to spend time and grow even more closer together uh in this time which i thought was a huge blessing for sure mm-hmm. so um yeah. So that being said, I mean, I mean, what about you? I know you already said <laughs> some solitude, uh, kind of keeping your mind sane and you need to have that moment. Was there anything else that you've been doing new other than, uh, so I've been watching a lot of, of content. Of course, there's a show called tiger King that my watch that my wife what got into. Up? I have not seen this. Everyone's everyone yeah. on, on Instagram and my social media and my friends have been like saying, dude, have you guys watched tiger? That's all they can talk about right now. Like, I don't it, understand it, the hype. 
it is balls to the wall insane i mean i've only finished the first episode but basically it's the goings-on at a tiger park in florida and these characters it's like they can't be real but they are and uh it just the stuff they talk about and where this show goes you're going to be cringing rolling your eyes cracking up and saying oh my gosh i cannot believe these people all at the same time it is just wacky I, that that's all i can really say and i can't wait to finish it up um yeah, other stuff I've been doing. I don't know if you heard about this whole Dal- Dalgona coffee craze. Have you heard about I it? I have uh, that too. What the heck? Yeah, dude. First of it? all, no. I mean, I saw I saw Hannah, your wife, like post mm-hmm. it, and I was like, "How was it?" And she just, you know, sent me a uh, a sticker saying it was amazing, amazing sticker. So, yeah. you know, she was just saying like, you know, hopefully when this is all over, you have to come over and try it. Yeah. Um, she made it right, or did you both work together to make it? she made it yeah we actually went it? to costco and bought like a certain like mixer just so we can drink it you, you know what it is right you basically it's take just some instant coffee, coffee sugar okay. and milk and then you kind of mix it so it's kind of thick and kind of has that texture like of whipped cream yeah okay whipped cream okay and then you pour it into milk and then you kind of swirl it up and you drink it so you drink it it looked like yeah. it looked like like jello pudding or something oh or no no it... it's you drink it once you mix it with milk it kind of dissolves a little bit so it it almost has the texture of like a frappuccino, but of course it's, it's a lot healthier. Is it really? Yeah. Interesting, dude. What a what was it called again? Dalgona. She's gonna laugh at me. My pronunciation's probably all <laughs> off, but but you know how this came about, That's the right? Only apparently, reason why? Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> why I to say it. Apparently, in Korea, they're they're you know they were never under like an official quarantine order, but everyone was staying inside. So this is kind of one of the things they started doing. They started getting creative with instant coffee. Apparently, when we started now, that. Huh. It was in Korea, yeah. But literally, Dolgana. Uh, apologies if I'm pronouncing it wrong. I mean, it sounds like is it <laughs> a Korean try. thing? Is it a yeah. Korean invention? Yeah, I think so. So Dolgana and that Tiger Show couldn't have released at a better time than now. I mean, especially yeah. for the Tiger Show. That Tiger yeah. Show is is basically gonna you, that, you gotta watch their it. success. Yeah, well, watch it with so. Zena. I'm sure you guys will love it for sure. All right. Well, it's good to see that you're keeping busy. Um, I am keeping busy as well. Let's just both try to stay as sane as possible. Thank God for internet. Thank God for social media. Thank God for <laughs> Netflix what a time and Wi-Fi. Right now. Yes. Yeah. If this was like 30, 40 years ago, we would be going nuts. But uh, it's, it's yes. Good. Yeah. Oh so my gosh. Let's count our blessings. Um, yeah. Looking forward to future episodes. I'm going to be uh, switching things around than from when, when we last discussed this, but uh, we are supposed to be doing a Malik uh, twofer uh, next week. But in actuality, we will be reviewing Onward first, which is the latest Pixar movie, which just hit Disney Plus. And we will follow that up with a discussion of our favorite Pixar films. The week after, we're going to find and finally do our Malik twofer in which we will be reviewing Tree of Life as well as the film A Hidden Life. And then we'll also be having a discussion of religion and faith in films. If you have any thoughts, comments, suggestions, or review on suggestions on reviews or content, drop us a line at thepodfellaspodcast at gmail.com. And uh, if, you want, if you go ahead and tell your friends about us and they're wondering um, you know, where they can hear our episodes, they can be found on the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, as well as Spotify. And now on to our review of Kingdom. We will be covering seasons one and two in one single review. Here's a look at the trailer. Kingdom. 
그것이 권력이다. 이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이이
uh, even though I know you had your whole thing with the uh, one of the lords, the the main antagonist uh, of the of the show, that that was trying to uh, basically get the prince overthrown. Uh, like he pissed me off, but he did it so well though. Like I think that was the whole goal for his acting. I thought he did a great job. So uh, for, for to make me feel the way I felt. So that's that's definitely what I liked. Um, so yeah, that was just that's my whole like love for it. What about you? <laughs> uh well what i liked uh you kind of hit the nail on the head the production design and cinematography it's really amazing and something i haven't seen in, in like a korean drama which i was surprised to see that the directing um the director the writers were all korean but the way it was lit and the way the set design w- was put together it looked like an american production uh, i know that they've used red cameras to shoot this they use red cameras quite a bit in korean dramas but for the most part korean dramas the the lighting is very flat for tv shows for film i think it's a little different but for for to see that type of lighting in, in a television show here was, was amazing uh it was lit beautifully it was shot just it looks so good um in terms of of you know how it looked on my tv screen um, and there were also many amazing dramatic moments that played very well. I don't want to give them away as they're integral to the plot, and I don't want to spoil anything. And then the characters were also really great. Some of the characters were, were really great. Um, this included uh, Sako Jun, who played the conflicted nephew of the big bad guy. I really liked his character. He's actually the only character that had an arc who actually changed from the start of season one to the end of season two. He was conflicted. He had a conscience. And he was believable. He's kind of a scaredy cat, a little bit of a wuss, but he's like how most people would have been in his position. So I like right. this character quite a bit. And I really love, of course, Sung Yu Kim, who played the super soldier slash tiger hunter, Young Shin. He's just badass. Every time there's like a, a like a big battle scene with zombies, he would take the center stage. He would take the spotlight and kind of do his thing. And that was always really, really good. So He kind of swung back and forth for me. I don't know why. I liked him at moments, and then he was like annoying yeah. at other moments. Yeah. But that's just of, me. So Of course, he's one of the main reasons how the, the plague inadvertently spreads. <laughs> yeah. in, in, a, in a scene in episode one of season one that is shocking it's it's funny yet shocking yet disturbing yet gross and that was i think one of the highlights of the show actually just just that moment if you know what i'm talking about <laughs> you're just like oh my gosh that is not happening right now and uh yeah uh, th- that's what i liked now we both discussed that i wanted to ask you what you did not like hmm what i didn't like um the queen's pregnancy but i'm not going to go into detail as it is a spoiler but I just thought it was way too prolonged. Just the way her pregnancy, like just the whole situation with her pregnancy. Uh-huh. Um, and another thing was the king who was ill. Uh, that I think was also prolonged. Where you mean how the just, king was dead, right? Yeah, it was the king dead or is he alive? Because ah. he is basically a zombie. I mean, yeah. I'm not. That's not going to be a spoiler because you're right. going to know right off it's the, the bat. It's the premise. Yeah, it is basically, but. Like the amount of people who witnessed that of, of him and, and the situation, I'm like, there's no way that this word wouldn't get out <laughs> yeah. like so quickly in the sense um, that he was actually an undead, basically. Yeah, I, I have um, to agree with you there. And that's why yeah. it took me so long to get into the show. I had to almost uh, forget about that because this the whole pre- pre- premise of the show is that they're trying to give the illusion that the king is still alive until the queen can have her baby but yet no one can see the king 
because if they did, they would know that he's a zombie. And there's so yeah. many people that saw him, but they're keeping it a secret. It's just, it's really bad to have one of the main premises of your show be so thin and to not explain it properly. So I, I completely agree with you there. Yep. So th- those are the two basic things that, that just, I, you know, it's not like it made, it broke the show for me because obviously I still really enjoy the show. Um, it was just a little two tidbits. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it didn't, it didn't throw me over the edge though. So, yeah. um, what about you? It kind of threw me over the edge. So, um, that I, bad. I, wow. Well, it, there are so many inconsistencies in the show and they really, really bothered me. I am still very conflicted. There are some amazing moments in this show. Great. But they always seem to be followed up by an inconsistent moment. So let me kind of get into it. Uh, There were great scenes that were often interspersed with head-scratching moments that went against the basic motivations of some of the main characters. For example, um, the crown prince and then the main villain, Cho Hakju, both say that the next time they see each other, they're going to kill each other. But uh, there are moments in season two where one captures the other and then they didn't do anything. And then the captured person escapes. And then the captured person then captures the other person and they don't do anything. (laughs) So you say you're going to kill each other, but you both let each other live and and then they escape. So I I think, though, that that was more in the sense because they wanted to do not just like kill them right off the bat. I I looked at that as more as a suffer. Like they wanted them to suffer. You know what I mean? No, but they specifically said next time I see him, I'm going to kill him. And they don't. Which, well, uh, sure. Okay. Yeah. I get what you're saying, though. Yeah, yeah. I understand that. Uh, and I like what you said uh, about season one. Season one was a lot more even, and I think the quality was a lot higher. Two was all over the place, but it had higher highs and lower lows. Um, so there were greater moments in two, but I think the lows kind of offset them. Um and throughout the show, one of the big things I didn't like was that the exposition and the relay inf- of information was extremely clunky. Hmm. Um, in my opinion, flashbacks are crutches if you use them in the wrong way. Um, if you use flashbacks to dump exposition on people so they know what's happening, uh, it, you're on very, very thin ice and uh, you have to do it right. Like if you know a flashback is given right before some big scene in order to relate information and that information is needed in the in, in the following scene that is a bad use of a flashback if you're going to use flashbacks it has to be more carefully interwoven into the story or into the episode so this show does that a lot and i did not like that at all like also, as if they forgot to insert something they go oh we'll just put a flashback in there yeah uh, so they didn't they didn't explain something that needed to be learned. So they just threw in a shot to of like, oh, this was six years ago. This was seven years ago. Here's what happened there. And in the immediate scene after, that information that was just given to you is what you need for the next scene to make sense. So it's like it's like giving you what you need right when you need it. And in so, it kind of doesn't engage the viewer. If anything, it, I think, insults the intelligence of the viewer, which I thought this show did quite a bit. With not only this, but with all those uh, inconsistent character moments that I uh, talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. I also really hated the villains for all the wrong reasons. It's not, oh, that guy, he is so mean and so bad. I I hated how they were written and how they were performed. Uh, I know you said you liked the main villain, Cho Mm -hmm. um, Hakju. He made me feel the right way. Yeah. (laughs) Well, every time he was in a scene, 
it started with him angrily glaring out at nothing. And then when someone would walk in and ask him a question, he would take about 10 seconds before he started responding. And he would drag his sentences out really, really slow and talk what sounds like an octave lower than what his voice actually sounds like. And so this happened all the time. And so I don't know what he was doing. He was really chewing the scenery there. And the queen was just downright annoying. Like, I wish they cast someone better. I mean, the only person I can think of that would be similar would be like Cersei Lannister in Game of Thrones. But Lena Headey made her badass. She was awesome. These people in Game of Thrones, the villains, did terrible things, but they were so cool and good at like who they were in the show that you couldn't help but like them and hate them at the same time. This show doesn't do that. I was just annoyed and irritated by the performances, to be honest with you. And there is, sorry, I'm going to go on just a little bit more here. Um, There are certain things that I think are taboo and should not be shown in TV shows and should not be um, integral to the plot. I saw way too many dead babies and bleeding babies. And I I don't want to see that. Mm. I'm sorry. Um, Mm -hmm. That's taboo. And it's, it's like, I think it's more taboo than showing incest on a TV show because Game of Thrones did oh, that. Interesting. Yeah, and yeah. it was fine. But there are a few things you don't want to do ever in TV shows and, and in movies. And I think it's showing dead babies or babies being killed. And number two, showing dogs being killed. Those are the two things you just can't do. And this show did a lot of it. It was tasteless. And I don't like how they how they how it um, played such a heavy part into the, the plot uh, plot line, especially in season two. So, but are you? But now, are you saying this out of um, a personal, uh, out of a personal? Um, yeah, because I have a son. Because you have, yeah, uh, yeah, because of that, and you do have a dog as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I ask myself that to be honest with you, and I don't think, I don't think it's because of personal experience. I remember even before uh, I had children, whenever I saw a baby being killed in a TV show or movie, I would just want to stop watching it. And then the dog thing is true as well. I mean, if you think about it, the you never see a dog get tortured or killed in a movie. I mean, you saw it in John Wick, but it's actually a point of motivation for the character to lash out against those that killed his dog, you know? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really do think those things are, are a taboo. Um, for our listeners out there, if you di- agree or disagree, we'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I um, thought it drove me to uh obviously hate the queen more and in that sense of going along with you know how annoying she was yeah i thought i thought that it wasn't for me she was annoying but not but not particularly because of her performance but more in the sense of just her character of what she was driving yeah which i thought fulfilled that aspect of it because it did make me hate her and as well as as well as her father who Mm. was one of the lords true um so that that's why i thought okay yeah like they're making me feel the right feelings yeah i could see that that character i could see that i get it um, there's, and if I could say just one more thing before I hand it back over to you, there yeah. is a weird like scene with witchcraft in one of the episodes of season two, Oh yeah, which came out of nowhere because the queen, of course, if she's pregnant, she needs to have a son for their plan to work. And then, so she, uh, one of her, or her like, uh, servants is apparently a witch. And then there's this dark scene of witchcraft. She's like a midwife, witch, yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah. Which kind of tells the queen what needs to happen for her to get the son that she's looking for. And then that witchcraft storyline is never addressed ever again. I'm just like, okay, mm-hmm. interesting. So those are some of the things that I didn't like. I do have more, but uh, I have think a lot more. that's enough. <laughs> that's like enough it. for now. Yeah. <laughs> but let's, let's turn things positive again. I don't want to just be a Debbie Downer. Uh, what were some of your favorite moments? Will. 
Um, you know, honestly, I will say that there were more favorite moments in season one than in two, uh, for sure. Um, and and only a couple that I want to say that are notable favorites. One was the fight scene in the wheat fields mm. where the prince and his men were surrounded by the zombies as they were coming back to life from the burial. Yeah. Like and they were all hidden. It, yeah. They, the well, yeah, because they were buried. Because uh, yeah, there's yeah. a scene that you'll you'll all see in one of the episodes where you know like shit hits the fan and um, one of the dumb like villagers who are nobles whatever like her son gets bitten and and he turns into a zombie but she can't help but to not leave him behind so she puts him in a chest on the boat that they're trying to escape from and obviously like that 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 whole thing becomes a mess so when they're in the wee field doing the fight scene uh the prince and his men are saved by uh lord on hyun played by uh jun ho Huh? <laughs> That's an interesting last Korean name. Huh? Huh? Uh, <laughs> huh? Yeah. Uh, it was just an epic battle. It was really, really cool. Uh, with especially the, the fire bows that come out of, in the air and like lighting around uh, them on fire to give light. Um, yeah. Another another part that I really liked though also was the cliffhanger of the last episode of season one when the prince mm-hmm. and his men were making their last or their stand not the last stand but their yeah. stand against the flood of incoming zombies yeah i i thought holy crap like get your heart pumping and yeah. it literally was like please don't end it yet please don't end it and yet. that's and then it ends and that's like when we come to realize that what we thought we knew about the zombies isn't exactly true right Yes. There, yes, I mean that's why that's why I'm being very picky and choosy yeah, right yeah. Now with what I want to say. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Because there's, it, it, that's what was fast. That's what's fascinating about this show is just the amount of information and detail they put into it. Yeah, that that normally, I would have to say I haven't experienced much in any zombie film or narrative or, or show. Yeah. So you're so. talking about like uh, I know you mentioned the science behind the disease, right? Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of little details about it of like how it occurs what it does um the circumstances that that this disease actually uh is affected by mm-hmm. i was like wow i i've never seen that before so yeah. well, i like that yeah i i actually think nowadays shows have to kind of show the origin uh, i think like in the past like in the 80s or even in the 70s if we saw a zombie movie we don't really care why they became zombies just we know that they're zombies but then i well, think the only the, yeah but the only thing they also only showed was um the only the only type of science that would show is how it spread mm-hmm. and and how long it takes for it to be infected for the person be to be infected yeah those mm-hmm. are the basically the only two things but when you get down to the whole bacteria and disease of it the virus of it yeah that that yeah is something yeah. that is yet to be really seen so yeah yeah it's true you're right okay cool cool Um, yeah i did like how they explained how um how a flower or how a plant growing can you know turn someone into a raging zombie i I did appreciate that how they intricately got so that was a good point there yeah yeah yeah. the resurrection flower i think or there yeah it was called yeah the resurrection Um, flower yeah Um, what about you though your favorite moments uh i i agree with you the battle scenes were action-packed and shot extremely well um i i feel as though for a show like this if something were to be done badly or to be shot um in, in in not a great way it would be the action scenes but in my opinion those were actually the highlights of the show uh two action scenes stick out for me more than the others 
The first is when the crown prince and his men are being pursued by a horde of zombies. This was in, I think, maybe episode four of season one. I was and like, then, which episode? Because yeah. there's a lot of episodes of them yeah, being chased. <laughs> <laughs> but there's the one where they're trying to get to that village and Yongshin um, comes into his own as a badass sharpshooter. He's just like knocking them out like one by one in the head. Um, and that's when everyone's like, who is this guy? Um, and then the second, of course, is the big climactic fight at the end of season two. Yeah. Uh, that is, it was very, very well done. Um, and then, of course, the science of how uh, this virus spreads and how it works, that is uh, ex- that is used in, in the climax of season two. So I don't want to give it away anything more than that. Um, in terms of what surprised me, I think I already discussed it. Uh, it was the scope and size of the show. It's beautifully shot. It looked very high budget, a lot of production value. Uh, what also surprised me, though, in a bad way, was the inability of the writers to manage everything. It was like they bit off more than they were able to chew. It was very uneven. I felt as though it insulted the intelligence of the viewers a little bit. And like I mentioned before, it gave exposition in a very bad way. And there were a Mm. lot of scenes where characters uh, acted and did things that violated what was, to me, their obvious motivations. So... Mm. um, I felt as though they were trying to make this a Korean Game of Thrones and it succeeded in some aspects, especially with the action. But in terms of storytelling, dialogue, exposition, it didn't even come close, to be honest with you. So, I mean, hopefully they'll recover in season three because um, this won't be a spoiler, but yeah. like it, 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 in season three, I, I do believe it's going to take a different direction. Yeah. Uh, from the, from the story to. now. Yeah. Yes. Do you think the story that- shifts? Do you think that season two went really quickly in terms of like, okay, we have to get from point A to point B. We have a lot to cover. So every episode we have to get these things accomplished. Did it seem like we were kind of rushing through a little bit? It felt like a lot was happening in a very short amount of time Mm -hmm. and they weren't slowing down to, you know, really for anything. It was like a runaway train. Right. I, I will say, so a couple of things. One, uh, it didn't felt ru- uh, rushed to me when it come to when it came to certain characters uh, dying. A- as we all know, there are going to be certain characters that are going to die. Oh wait, uh, so so there are certain characters that I was like, this character needs to freaking die. It's kind of, it's like that Walking Dead moment where you just have that one character you just are kind of annoyed with, and he's like, please just kill off this character kind of thing. Yeah. It was like um, that for Game of Thrones. I know you haven't seen it, but there's a character named King Joffrey. And everyone I know was like, everyone was like, please kill this guy off. needs to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it basically did that for me. So it, it, it slowed it down for me in that sense where the character was just prolonging to live longer than I, than I want that character to, uh, in terms of the, the, the virus, the, the, the zombie virus itself, or like just, just the whole system, the, the, science behind that itself that felt a little bit rushed on how to resolve it how to figure it out all the stuff that's going on the villagers the gate everything being quarantined like today nowadays in our lives right now um it that that felt a little rush on how to situate all that like mm-hmm. the people and saving them but with that and with the prolonging of certain characters that, that i really was just getting like tired of it balanced out for me so okay. it wasn't so bad um once everything was said and done uh i was just like okay well 
cool. We got all that out of the way. You know, it, it, it was it was not bad, but it wasn't better than last season. Yeah. And because of the new direction of the story that's going to go taking, I'm I'm hoping that, yeah, they can bring it back up again, you know? Like, yeah. Not plateau. So, so. What's, your, what's your final review of the of the show, Will? Um, you know, season one, I gave I gave it a four. Season two, I gave it like a two point five. So with those two together, I kind of balanced it out to a three hmm. for both. Okay, got it, got it. Well, I give this show two and a half stars. If it Ooh. if it stayed on the level of of its heights, it would have been a four star show. Now I think we talked about this before. Two and a half stars is still passable and something that's watchable, <laughs> just borderline. It's an amazing premise with top notch production quality and memorable actors, but it's undone by clunky exposition and uneven plot, and actions that betray clear cut character motivations. Uh, the mm. best example of that, if I can just say one more thing, I didn't like was the end of season two. Uh, we know that the crown prince is. Uh, his goal, his desire is to take the throne, not for more power, but to see that his country uh, uh, is to see his country thrive and to see them uh, be put in a position to succeed. Now, at the end of the show, um, I don't want to give away what happens, but let's just say certain character motivations are violated. And it is clearly only for the reason of setting up a certain storyline in season three. And I did not like that at all. My wife and I were watching it and we were like, come on that that doesn't make any sense and there were there were too many of those moments where you're like come on that doesn't make any sense you know well question though is that and i and you you may know more than i do because i don't know how much k-drama you and hannah watch but i watch very little yeah (laughs) is that a typical is that a typical korean Korean ending writing writing and ending yeah i actually thought so it's it's that whole like guilt driven i'm going to like punish myself and you know i I think we're giving away too much by talking about this but that's exactly what i thought that that i I was thinking sure this is a guilt driven like korean ending where people are like punishing themselves for things that they didn't really do and for stuff that wasn't their fault so do you agree you think or sure yeah yeah. i think i mean to me i'm just looking at as i mean if this is korean writing i mean then it's like they're not really drifting away from from yeah being more risky and bold mm-hmm. with with what they you know like get on bong jun ho's level kind of thing you know yeah yeah so yeah <laughs> nice yeah you, you got, that was the elephant in the room right it's like okay bong jun ho has set a standard and now i think all of korean cinema and tv and film production it's their turn to try to match that i think hopefully season three will do that we'll see yeah hopefully All right, that was our review of Seasons 1 and 2 of Kingdom. Agree, disagree, we would love to hear your thoughts. Shoot us an email. We're going to take a quick break, and we will come back with a review of our favorite zombie films and TV shows. Stay tuned. In times of old, the world was full of wonder and magic. But times change. Morning, Mom. Hey, birthday boy. By the laws of yore, I must dub thee a man today. Kneel before me. That's okay. I have a gift from your dad. He just said to give you this when you were both over 16. (gasps) No way! It's a wizard staff. Dad was a wizard! What? Your dad was an accountant. 
this spell brings him back. For one whole day, Dad will be back. What? Back? Like back to life? That's not possible. It is with this. I'm gonna meet Dad. just heard was a trailer for the film onward which we will be reviewing next week and right after that you heard a little snippet from that song that we've all heard before michael jackson's thriller and that applies <laughs> to what we're going to talk about now our favorite zombie film slash tv shows now i what i like to do is take a, a little stroll down memory lane and kind of look back at the history of zombies in film and tv now you know, I, I found some of this on the internet. Uh, I, I'm not just like a walking encyclopedia, so I'll kind of go through, um, you know, what we've been seeing. Um, zombies have been in literature as far back as 1697, and they were described as spirits or ghosts. But it took a long time, almost 200 years later, uh, in 1968, for zombies to have uh, like a new definition. And that happened. Uh, with the release of Night of the Living Dead, directed by George Romero. And over the yeah. next 15 years, Romero, who basically invented the zombie movie genre, directed two more zombie films, Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead. And as special effects technology improved with each film, the zombies appeared more gruesome and realistic. And from the 1980s, dozens of zombie films were made. And then I thought the zombie uh, genre saw a revival, pun intended, in 2002 with Danny Boyle's 28 Days Later. Oh, oh, oh such a uh, father. Uh, uh, this film tried to explain what makes a zombie a zombie and basically explained it as a sort of rage slash rabies virus that infects the brain. Uh, this movie led to a sequel and many other different takes on the genre. There were zombie comedies, zombie rom-coms, zombie action flicks like, like World War Z. And then yeah. the television show started, including I, Zombie. But of course, nothing was more popular and I think still is pretty popular than The Walking Dead, which... I had to actually look up if it was still happening or not because I stopped watching it. It's like Same. everyone I talked to has stopped yeah. watching it. But at its peak, oh man, it was it was huge, that show. Oh, um, I loved it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That was a quick look back in terms of zombies and film and TV. And uh, I think now is a good time to head into our list. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and get right into it then. Uh, top five zombie film slash TV shows. Let's start with your number five, Will. Walking Dead. Like right off the bat, as you yeah. already stated, I think when it first came out, man, like it, it was literally a time where it just coincidence, my friends and I, we would have discussions on, you know, what if, it, if apocalypse would happen, what would we do? Or if a zombie apocalypse would happen, what would we do? Right. And, and we literally, this was like back in our, uh, what was it? What year did, let me see what year did Walking Dead come It's been out? on for about nine to 10 years. And then Nine there was some break. Years. So it's been, I think, over 10 years since it started. Sure. So when I was basically, what, 22, I mean, we, we would have scenarios of like, okay, we would go visit this house first, pick up some supplies, and then go to the gun shop. Like, we, we I don't know what it was during that, the, during that time, but there was like this craze, I guess, of zombie. Then once Walking Dead came out, oh, man, same group of friends that we talked about it. Like, we just, we got hooked. We, we, we watched it together every week when it came out. And you, I mean, the whole setup was great. 
And what really, really, really got me connected with it was um, not to be biased or anything like that, but like seeing an Asian person in the yeah. in the group on the ensemble cast For sure. yeah. that was not labeled as just this pencil calculating kind of guy you know steven young played a freaking pizza delivery guy yeah and and the only tidbit that i remember that they tried to throw in that whole race card whatever was when i think um i think it was norman reed as his character where he says like you know something about chinese and then and steven just says i'm korean you know and i yeah. was like oh specifics a little bit there okay yeah. cool and from then on it disappeared and and it really was just about survival and exactly. a group of people meeting yeah. together and in this midst of chaos and i really was um connected and and glued to the show for about i would say about 5 seasons before yeah. it kind of just ah, it kind it, of just did got repetitive it got repet yeah i mean well it, i i get it it makes sense it's a, it's it's a zombie world and how do you when you make a television show about a zombie world you know you can only go so far before you realize this is your normal life every day unless you know like the the characters of antagonists that you try to build you know you can only go for so long before one one side wins and then when that happens then what right it's it's just an ongoing re repetition so i get it um i just thought like the one reason why i really did fall off on it too was um during before the times of really when like netflix was like really getting its pace and and also you know like when i didn't really have cable anyways as well it was all just online um waiting that long and then so excited and then watching it and then seeing the repetitive kind of story structure kind of lost its mojo for me that that was the only thing yeah. but i still it's still an amazing at least first five seasons mm -hmm. um and if i were to be also perfectly honest not trying to be biased <laughs> if you haven't seen it yet then you guys obviously like need to like watch it but i think this has been out long enough for me to be able to say this the moment that glenn dies and it's in the comics too i was like yeah. I'm over it. <laughs> you kill the one token Asian and that's it. Like it's yeah. done. So he wasn't token though. That's the thing. He, he wasn't. Was yes, he wasn't. Yeah. He was not. Yes. Yeah. He was not a token Asian. So it, but it was just great. And also he got the girl. That was yeah, so he great. He got yeah. the girl. So yeah, that's my number five. So yeah. So that uh, show is actually on my honorable mentions. It fell just outside my list. To be honest with you, if the show had stopped at let's say season three, it would have been number one on my list for sure. Wow, I don't think, really? yeah, I don't think you know this, but the the main writer and showrunner for season one was Frank Darabont, who wrote the Shawshank Redemption. Right. Yeah, mm. uh, he had a pretty bad falling out with uh, the channel, and unfortunately with AMC, uh, I mean to say, and it got ugly. And I thought for the first couple of years, the show uh, still continued on, and it was still riveting TV. But as it continued, I thought that. Uh, the premise and the plot seemed to fall a little bit thin, especially because we started to see zombies run and almost act like a hive mind virus, like in World War Z. And yet human beings were able to mount a response. And to be honest, I started to think, okay, these zombies in, on The Walking Dead, they are the slowest moving guys and men and women I've ever seen. There is mm -hmm. no way that they could take over the world that the way that they had that without there having been some serious resistance. It's not like 
they were the zombies in 28 days later or in kingdom where they just run at you like 30 miles an hour, just like a rabid dog trying to chew your face off, you know? So, well, I think that depends though, right? I think that depends on this, the stage of the zombie, right? So you, cause they're, they're kind of like different stages of the zombies where it was, a, if it was a fresh bite, right? That their body is decomposing. But then again, like if they don't have any broken bones or whatever, compared to like a, a, a dead body or a zombie that's been dead and decomposing for like months yeah. on months on end. Yeah. So I think there are variations of that to where, yeah, they can't, there's no way they can run anymore and all that stuff. So I think, yeah, but I there's guess, an, I don't know. There's another thing as well. And, uh, yeah, you're going to hear about this later on in my top five list, but, um, I, I get that a, a body can come back to life and if, if the brain gets taken over and it's telling its its limbs to move and to continuously feed in order for the body to maintain energy. But after a while, it is completely impossible for a zombie to stay alive if its food source runs out. Nothing can stay alive if it's not getting energy from any, from somewhere. So even zombies would starve to death. And that's what happens we in can't... one of the movies. Sure, I know, no. but we can't put that logic, I guess, because it's a zombie. I, obviously, it's it's fiction, so I know yeah. that there yeah. are those. Because I, I I'll, I'll say this though too, my friends would argue with me about, you know, in in The Walking Dead, there's no way that um, any of these zombies would be able to live for this many yeah exactly. months or years, and I'd be like, well, why? Not just because of what you said, because I do agree with that logic as well. But but he would also say because they would probably be eaten all by birds, like. In, car in like carcasses like if their carcasses like like yeah crows whatever would be just eating it and there's yeah. an, and by the like by the show standard when we we're watching it like animals didn't get really infected right so yeah it makes yeah, so, so what I, all this to say that the, the premise the show has gone too long for its premise if yeah. they had established a beginning middle and an end then I think it would be considered a lot higher in a lot of people's lists. And I think that's also why everyone I've spoken to stopped watching it right around mm -hmm. the same time that we did, you know? Did you just, but, wait, what did, you, did you stop at season five too? Or what? Right, uh, I, I stopped before Glenn died. I, I don't know, remember what season he died in. Yeah. Got it, got it. Okay. But anyhow, uh, that was my honorable mention. My number five okay. um, film and TV show on my list is Zombieland, um, yeah. directed by Ruben Fleischer. Zombie killer of the week went to Miss Cynthia Knickerbocker. Gotta enjoy the little things. This is the first zombie comedy that I've seen, and there's great performances all around. Woody Harrelson, Emma Stone, Jesse Eisenberg, of course, and it's written <laughs> okay. by the guys. Yeah, it's written by the guys, Rhett Reese and Paul Wernicke, that wrote Deadpool 1 and 2, and it, it has that same like sophomoric sense of humor, but it just works so well here. Um, the driving force is the there's a narration from Jesse Eisenberg. He is an antisocial, anxious, kind of nerdy college student. Love um, it. Yeah, and it, you hear the whole movie. You see the whole movie from his his eyes, and it works really, really well for this. And the the movie is hilarious. My favorite scene completely is when we meet Bill Murray, played by Bill Murray, who is basically <laughs> putting makeup on Bill and Bill yeah, Murray, 
he pretends to uh, be a zombie so he can go out and live his normal life. And it's hilarious. If you haven't seen the movie yet, I won't tell you what happens to him, but you just need to watch it. That is my number five. It was so funny that a man like Woody Harrelson would be playing a character, obviously, but is like ecstatic and just fanboying in front of Bill Murray. And I'm just like, this is so weird to see because you're you're Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Like just as a good an actor meeting Bill Murray. Yeah. <laughs> just that scene, you're Bill Ethan Murray. Like <laughs> I couldn't yeah. stop laughing at that scene. It was so funny. Yeah. Uh, All right. Yeah. That was my number five. What is your number four? Number four. My number four. Well, also, just a quick question to you. Did you like Zombieland 2? I haven't seen it yet. I haven't? It's on okay. my list, yeah. That that one kind of disappointed me. Sadly. Okay. Yes, just letting you know. Anyways, my number four, uh, I Am Legend, directed by Francis Lawrence. I'm not, I'm not infected. I'm not infected. Please. Nothing happened the way it was supposed to happen. Six billion people on Earth when the infection hit. I'm a survivor living in New York City. I will be at the South Street Seaport every day at midday when the sun is highest in the sky. I, it's a, it's, okay, people have debated that this isn't really quote-unquote a zombie film. It's more like a zombie-inspired kind of thing. It's kind of a vampire, more vampire, but I think we can allow it. It's the same concept, I think, you know, the virus. It's the same concept in in the way how the patients uh react and and in in the way how uh obviously they're like super super zombies you know yeah uh however way you want to look at it um i know the book was better everyone has said the book is better and i know that there's been alternative endings to this film and i've actually seen both um alternate uh the other alternative endings uh endings for i am legend and i thought that was interesting i thought that the way they did it in this film where obviously Will Smith, it's a last stand. They found the cure, and he has that grenade in his hand, like, and then runs towards the glass with the what was it the alpha zombie? I guess like, mm-hmm. I thought that was a better choice than the alternative ending that you can actually find on YouTube, yeah, where I've seen it. they all survive. Yeah, like well, I think well, yeah, Will Smith, the girls, they all survive through it, I believe, mm-hmm. to to go and 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 find the uh, the headquarters of like the colony. all the survivors yeah. the colony is yeah um to me i thought that the cinematography uh will's performance um and just like the the whole i thought the tension and, and the pacing the cadence of it was well done yeah then 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 a good amount of other zombie films like i there are there are other ones that's on the list that that do it a little bit better but i thought i am legend did a great job yeah. with just the whole eerie quiet and, and it and was whole. it was shot like a drama that's the thing it's kind of like castaway meets a vampire movie which is exactly how they shot it a man that's all alone and they get into a psyche of what it would be like to be completely by yourself and i thought that was a very interesting fresh take on that yeah film. yeah you have to be like it's crazy yeah that psyche of being alone and, and and but at the same time um having to be on your toes for survival because you know there's yeah. something coming after you yeah and that's what was crazy yeah um, i also did like the science behind that though too the way how uh, the zombies became to be, uh, and well, faux zombies, I guess you can say, because there, there seems to be a cure of some sort. Um, but yeah, it was great, and I loved how they really digitally uh, made New York so freaking yeah. 
deserted. Which is, which is probably how it looks right now, come to think of it. <laughs> Eerily. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Frank. Yeah. Oh, yeah so that's, watching uh, all these quarantine movies and stuff, you know, like we we're talking about zombies and infections and people that need to like stay, uh, you know, quarantined into a certain area. It, it's all a little like unnerving to be talking about this at a time like, like right now. But uh, yeah, it's okay. I think, you know, but it's, it's very interesting. It's ironic. We'll survive. We're survivors. We'll survive. Yep. You're number four. My number four film is Warm Bodies. What am I doing with my life? I just want to connect. Why can't I connect with people? All right. It's because I'm dead. I wish I could introduce myself, but I don't remember my name. I think it started with an R. That's all I have left. It's kind of a bummer. I shouldn't be so hard on myself. I mean, we're all dead. This is my best friend. We even have almost conversations sometimes. Now, I really enjoyed it because I wasn't really expecting much from it to begin with. But uh, this is the first zombie rom-com that I've ever seen. It's a take on Romeo and Juliet, but between humans and zombies. How does that work? Uh, It's hard to explain, but I think you just need to watch the movie. Uh, Therese Palmer is charming. Rob Corddry is hilarious as usual. And the movie poses an interesting question. Can the power of love make a human zombie again? Make a zombie human again? Now, that's kind of a stupid, cheesy question, but the way they address this, uh, address the answer in such a um, honest, earnest, and innocent way was really fresh, and I, I really liked it. It's This movie is basically Twilight, but just way, 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 way better. <laughs> so that's uh, <laughs> that's my number four. Yeah. yeah, it's really great. I'll, I'll let you borrow the disc next time I see you. It's uh, Nicholas disc? Holt. What's a disc? <laughs> that's true, huh? What's a disc? (laughs) What's a disc? What's a floppy disc? (laughs) (laughs) It's sad but true that especially after the quarantine, I think uh, um, hard like physical media is is even more fossilized than it was before. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Anyway, that was my number four. Uh, What is your number three? My number three is Mark Forster's World War Z. Hmm. Get back in your car right now! Remain with your feet! That basically one-upped from I Am Legends um, the the tension and the cadence of it, the way how they really uh, built up the whole um, world of zombies in this one. Uh, uh, man, this the whole pan- the zombie pandemic in this one was like I loved the lighting and the use of uh, the 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 fog. Like a lot of times they would have um, the 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 day uh, nighttime scenes and when brad pitt's like walking through like the apartments and whatnot like i don't know it, they just enhanced that tension of of like this zombie uh it's just the thrill and scare of it i thought that the um the even even for the main main purpose for this film was for uh brad pitt's character uh he plays uh jerry lane uh travers oh no yeah jerry lane uh he's basically going on the hunt to figure out the not just the cure but like the whole function of how this virus works and 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 i and i thoroughly liked that it wasn't about survival it was about seeking what the cure is and and figuring out 
you know, how to connect with like the right scientists and the right people to figure out like to, to, to find a cure for this. And I thought that's mm. cool. Uh, you know, yeah. normally it's just about, Oh, you know, we just got to survive and kill and, and not let anyone else try. No, no, this was like more on that professional stage of like, let's actually follow a scientist or follow a, a United Nations employee to go and figure this out. So kind of like mm-hmm. what our government's kind of doing, I guess. I don't know. Give or take. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, th- that's my number three film as well. Um, is it? Oh. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if you heard about all this, but the production of this film was notorious for the train wreck that it was. It was a very expensive movie and people oh, just right. were saying that it, this movie isn't working. So Damon Lindelof of Lost Fame came in, rewrote the entire second half of the movie. They reshot it. And at this point, people are really worried because people have already put in hundreds of millions of dollars into a movie. Half of it was reshot. Brad Pitt was producing it. He thought it would kind of be a train wreck, but he was really able to pull things together and it ended up becoming a really smart, engaging movie. Um, and it, exactly like what you were saying, it really tries to get into how the virus works and uh, what would be a potential solution for it. If you haven't seen it yet, I don't want to ruin it, but uh, I thought it, the explanation worked really, really well. It was interesting. The entire climax, which takes place inside of a, a CDC building, was also great. But I thought the coolest thing of all was the way the zombies work. Um, so the way a virus attacks uh, the immune system, it, it's... It's very systematic. They almost work together uh, and they use your cells against you to make more of the virus. Um, These zombies, in a sense, act like a virus. They have almost like a hive mind. And we see this. There's a specific scene. I believe they're in. Yeah. I believe they're in Israel. Uh, Yes. The the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. And they climb on top of each other and form like this gigantic, like almost like a bridge so that zombies can start running up and getting over the wall. Um, I mean, like ants, if you look at how ants climb on top of each other to create like a floating, like when they need to float. Yeah. That is cool. And at the same time, completely terrifying to see. (laughs) That was completely Um, terrifying. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to talk about this a little bit later in one of the movies that are higher up on my list. We first see the running zombie and World War Z kind of was an evolution of that. Not only do we see running zombies, we see them working as a team to make bridges, which is insane. So uh, that's one image that I thought was completely unique. And I don't know if anyone's going to be able to create something more unique than that in a, in a zombie movie. So that's my But they also three. took sound into consideration too, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. That's why the whole uh, irritation of the zombies uh, on the other side of the Jerusalem uh, wall, like Brad Pitt's character in that scene was like, you know, make them stop singing, make them stop singing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it really heightened also their senses yeah. in that sense. Yeah, so. that's true. That was a great scene. It was crazy. Yep. That is my number three, Will. Uh, good to see that we agree on something for a change. What is I your know, number seriously? two? Gosh, because <laughs> normally I'm right. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah. Well, my number two is your number five, which is Zombieland. And look, hmm. as much as I like a serious zombie film and with the thrills and chills and all that stuff, I mean, comedy is the most difficult genre to execute. And this film did so well for me uh it literally felt like a video game i loved it i loved the whole narrative i loved um just the way they laid out (laughs) the rules of how to survive and that was like this whole another different aspect and angle of take where of a zombie film that oh this is these are the rules you need to stand by kind of thing it was fun it was so much fun yeah uh the whole bill murray like i said bill murray and woody Woody harrelson like the whole ensemble cast emma stone 
they're just so great i love yeah. the chemistry i love just how they were just so they're all different yet they had to learn to live with each other and work together um and but especially for uh jesse eisenberg he just fits so perfectly for just that yeah. that that weird awkward nerd, yeah awkward guy but that you know that 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 token awkward guy that actually survived and and has like basically you know learned how to just be smart and and uh, yeah it, it was just it was such a great take i loved it loved mm-hmm. it so simple yep cool your number two my number two film is 28 days later in my opinion this reinvented oh, yeah, yeah. It, it reinvented the the most recent zombie craze <laughs> So who are you? Wake up today in hospital. Wake up and I'm, I'm hallucinating. Hello! I've got some bad news. They're infected. Infected! Infected with what? Oh, I shouldn't have done that. It's the blood. There's something in the blood. You never go anywhere alone unless you've got no choice. Hello? For a while, I think for about 10 years, there was a constant stream of vampire slash zombie slash whatever monster movies that, that have been just hitting the market and they were all succeeding. Um, this film is unique in how it took an old idea and reinvented it. Like I said, I've never seen running zombies before and seeing a horde of them running at you while you're trying to get to like a boat because the water would hopefully stop them from coming after you. Um, it, it was insane. And also uh, they kind of, I think, did what um, uh, Kingdom did, uh, maybe not as uh, uh, as intricately, but they tried to explain how this, this disease works. And they talked about how it's a, like a rabies uh, virus that affects, that infects the mind. Before this, we all saw like the slow walking horde of zombies, which honestly mm-hmm. were kind of gross and gory and gruesome, but kind of weren't very terrifying and very scary in the way that they worked. Um, given that the, there was some science behind how these zombies worked, I think it made them all the more scarier. It was written by Alex Garland, who went on to write and direct Ex Machina, as well as Annihilation. Both were great films. And of course, this film was directed by Danny Boyle, who's pretty much shown that he can direct anything from an action movie to a rom-com um, to a straight-up comedy. He's done it all. And uh, this film succeeds in, in so many ways. And that is my number two film, 28 days later. Nice. Um, and then I guess it's down to our number ones. Now, what is your number one film? So my number one, um, uh, is brain dead slash what I originally remember it as dead alive, uh, directed by Peter Jackson on this picturesque block in this manicured home. Something evil, something terrifying, something horrifying is haunting Lionel. His mother. I thought I told you to spray this house. The place is infested with bourbon. Although she was a little strict. Look at this dust. It's an inch thick. He never wished her any harm. You look after me, Lionel. Until... <laughs> Your mother's dead, Lionel. Now, of all people, don't know if anyone's ever heard of this film, but this is a film that I watched 
in film school uh, to, to learn about what pastiche means. So pastiche uh, in film terms is the culmination of a specific uh, uh, genre or, or topic mashed into one. So when you think of like a zombie film, uh, they will throw in the suspense, the thrill, the comedy, the, the, the gore, the, the, the science, everything. But it, it just becomes a huge, <laughs> just a hodgepodge that like once you mix it together, you don't even know what the hell you're watching. All you know is that everything's identifiable by that genre. And so Dead Alive uh, was released in 1992. And <laughs> this is how funny the plot is. And the reason why also, like, for me, I appreciate more of a comedic approach when it comes to zombies uh, because comedy is the most difficult um, genre to execute. But it starts in 1957, and it uh, ta- it's about an explorer, Stuart, uh, McAlden and his team they smuggle a captured Sumatran rat monkey a hybrid creature that resulted from the rape of tree monkeys by plague carrying rats out of Skull Island <laughs> this is real I love it and during the team's escape it. from the island's warrior natives who demand the return of the creatures Stuart is bitten by the rat monkey resulting in his dismemberment and killing by his crew who feared the effects of the bite the captured rat monkey is then shipped to Wellington Zoo in New Zealand. So it, it's it, it just becomes ridiculous, but it also goes further into, you know, one of the actors who somehow like I think he was one of the zoologists who like somehow gets his mother getting bit by it. And then the mother then turns into a zombie. And then like as the mother's like slowly decomposing you know, instead of like, oh my gosh, like I take you to uh, the hospital. It's more like, oh crap. They if they see that she's been bitten by the rat monkey, then I'm gonna get in trouble for it. So I'm just kind of try to cover this up. And so her skin's like falling off, but he goes and gets like super glue and starts to try to glue it back together. <laughs> it is ridiculous, <laughs> but hilarious and gory. Like it, like when we talk about gore, Peter Jackson does not. He, he, he does, there's the sky's the limit. He goes yeah. all out. Yeah. So. It's funny how he was trying to kind of throw everything together into a melting pot. And it's mm-hmm. like, as you're explaining it, it's funny. It's like, I, I don't know what people are thinking, but I mean, it's not supposed to be taken seriously. It's like an no, homage movie, right? Yeah. It is a huge pastiche. That's what, that's what we call a pastiche because it's just everything that we understand from a specific subject matter of a film. Uh, you throw it all in there into the pot and you just see what comes out kind of thing. Yeah. Um, they actually, and I'll send you the link actually, they actually have the entire film on YouTube for free. Oh, wow. I should so check I'm it just send it. Yeah, I'm just going to send it send to it you. Send it to me. So, yeah, yeah. You, I'm just going to let you know though, uh, the makeup uh, and, and some of the uh, special effects, not like literally everything was made by the special effects makeups crew so the amount of gore that i'm telling you that they put into this you need to have a bit of a strong stomach it's not like like realistic looking it's just like oh my gosh this is way more intense than i don't and then i'm used to like vomit and and just blood with but you know you can see the tubes of squirting blood coming out like crazy chainsaws like shredding through bodies and you just see more blood coming out or and like in and and test it's just crazy ridiculous out there so you just gotta get a strong you just have to have a strong stomach for it just warning you so got it (laughs) 
got it. <laughs> so that's number my number one, and that is only because it really set the tone for me for like being able to see every part of what a zombie movie could be about. Yeah. So cool. What is your number one? Before I get to my number one, I do have to throw one more uh, film in there. And I think if I say the title, you're going to be, oh, yeah. But at the same time, I don't think that it really completely classifies as a zombie film, per se. I feel like it's its own genre. So I, I'm bringing this up now because I don't want like listeners to be like, wait, you forgot this movie. And that's Shaun of the Dead. Oh, of course. I'm a peg. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But it's almost as if the it's not a typical zombie genre film. It takes zombies and plugs them into like a like a low budget type of um, awkward humor kind of movie, which is very prevalent now in Edgar Wright films. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I did feel the need to at least bring that up so that y'all can realize that we did think about that. So no, no, and and I did have that in mind of yeah. putting it on the list for sure. I think just. Mm-hmm. Um, with, with Sean Pegg's films, Simon I, I Pegg. love Sean or Simon Pegg, sorry. Uh, with Simon Pegg's films, I love his work and I appreciate it so much. But like, if, if you were to tell me Hot Fuzz or Shaun of the Dead, I, I have to go with Hot, Hot Fuzz. Fuzz. Right. For me, it was always Hot Fuzz. I thought that that was one, that's one of my most favorite comedic films by him. Yeah. Both Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead is almost making fun of a genre rather than trying to be in it. Right. Wouldn't you no, say? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Completely. So all the typical lines and the uh, logic behind, you know, it, it, it's it kind of plays off with you know with Zombieland where Jesse Eisenberg's character where he's like you know oh when the world you know turned to crap for the obvious reasons yeah it's just like you don't have to explain so much yeah you just kind of it's a zombie movie yeah it's a zombie movie you poke fun at it and I think yeah. Sam and Peg did a great job in yeah. that sense so yes all good right. notable mention. Cool. Uh, this goes down to my number one film, and that is 28 Weeks Later. <laughs> what happened, Dad? To Mum? Your mum and I were hiding in a house. And we were, uh... Just trying to stay alive, I suppose. But we were doing okay for a while. Never were attacked. <laughs> I was really fast, you know. I couldn't do anything. I managed to get away. Just running, running, running. just happy you're still alive now this is the sequel to 28 days later and the reason why it's my number one is first off it really caught me by surprise when i heard that they're making a sequel to 28 days later with a bunch of no-name actors and they weren't bringing the original writer directing team back i thought okay this one's gonna suck well those no-namers are big namers now and i'm talking about rose Byrne, idris elba imogen poots and of course jeremy renner but not only that this movie is really really smart and it shows what the first stages of containment will look like in the opening credits of the movie it says like okay london was hit by this infection uh x amount of time has passed and this happened x amount of time has passed and now the zombies have starved to death there are no new cases and now you know, NATO has come. They've set up like a, a, a facility where survivors can now meet while doctors are able to further study the virus to make sure that this doesn't happen again. 
Now, this is a very real uh, calculated type of movie where it shows most likely what would really happen from a military perspective, from a community perspective, and also from a medical perspective. And I also love the idea that uh, with this virus, there are potentially uh, human beings out there that could carry the disease, but be asymptomatic. And also Mm. those types of people can possibly have the cure built into their genetics. So this movie actually takes a stab at kind of uh, incorporating that. And it's funny, I I was rewatching this specifically for this podcast. And it's funny how all these ideas about finding a cure, about talking about how this virus affects people differently. These are all things that are eerily reflective of kind of what we're going through now. And I thought that was uh, very interesting. And of course, at, at the heart of it, it's still a zombie movie. There's lots of violence and gore and really kind of gross scenes. But I just love the science of it. I love the storyline. I love the idea of, of military medical of medicine of people that are running this community and you know kind of keeping it going uh, making sure people are fed what it would look like when new survivors are brought into this colony all of that is covered here and i thought it's so genius and so smart so that is why this movie is my number one film nice have you seen I this like it. one yeah, it's been a while but i have seen yeah. both 28 yeah. days later and 28 weeks later yeah i didn't know that that was basically would know like Idris Elba and, and whatnot like and yeah they were all crazy, no names right? yeah. yeah did not know that that's crazy yeah. now they're all like A-listers you know oh it's yeah been, dude Idris Elba yeah. gonna be the new Bond I think so yeah, yeah. maybe we'll see maybe Hopefully. I would love maybe. it if he is yep so good yeah all right that is our review of Kingdom seasons one and two and we also uh, talked about our top five zombie films slash tv shows Tune in next week for a look at the film Onward, and Will and I will also be discussing our favorite Pixar films. We'll see you next week.